This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at LoveSportRadio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword LoveSport. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It is time for the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined by the Back of the Nest podcast, James Howard and Nick Gillard here for the next hour talking everything where the Eagles are concerned. And very quickly, just before this show, it was the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Who? take on Palace this weekend so I can tell you of all their thoughts going into the game and now I can finally get yours but before we look at that game we do have to talk the game on the weekend Palace beating Norwich 2-0 at home and as always you can get involved in tonight's show tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558 it's your team it's your, your voice and we want to hear from you well it was a brilliant win on the weekend 2-0 Clean sheet, three points, two goals. Doesn't get much better than that in the Premier League. And something we've said on this show is Palace's away form's good, but we need to be better at home. And, well, we're starting to see this home form because it's seven from nine. Could have easily been nine, you know, but it is seven. It's great going at the minute. James, how pleased with, are you with this, this run that Palace are going on at home? No, I'm really pleased. This is the improvement we all said we wanted to see from last season. There was a lot of doom and gloom at home. People were bored of it, fed up with it. Um, you know, we're unbeaten at home now. Um, we've sometimes made hard work of getting points at home. But I felt, you know, last weekend was a turning point. It was really good from the off. We had a number of very good chances in the first half. Uh, what with Zaha and Ayu and then obviously the penalty. And I think we controlled the game very, very well. Um even, you know, we were still hanging on a bit with, with, with 1-0, but I didn't feel as threatened in the last 10 minutes as we have done in the past. And it was it was good to get the second goal, believe you me. It, uh, yeah, it, it calmed the nerves a bit. It certainly did a few times this bit in Palace on. It's great to have Nick back in the studio. Nick, I want to ask you, all right, this is a, a promoted side you beat on the weekend, but let's have it right. This is a promoted side that's been playing fantastic football and who beat City a couple of weeks ago. How impressed were you that Palace went and dispatched Norwich like they they hadn't you know beaten the champions just recently yeah um, we it was a lot easier than i thought it was going to be um mm. uh, i was uh, very very worried about the uh, norwich strike, striker pookie yeah um, and i watched him a lot of the game and i'd have him in our team any day of the week the positions that bloke can get himself he in sort of creates box. he gets chances at half chances don't he Nick? Yeah. he can turn into something you know he gets a sniff and he makes more of it doesn't he yeah, yeah, and, and, and Wilf was doing a bit of that on mm. Saturday, and that, that that was the most pleasing thing for me. Was Wilf seems to be back on form, um, and I think I've said it to you before on the show. He's got no speculation around him at the moment, Wilf. Um, James, the moment he gets any speculation, do you remember when he went to Man United the first time? Well, the only time, 
and he was rubbish for a few weeks leading up to that with with all the news and interest in the media around him um it happened again with the england call-up he suddenly went downhill a little bit and then when there was lots of talk in the transfer window towards the end of the season i didn't think it was it was that good um but suddenly now that's out the way until january i, I feel he's on his game and, and can focus a bit more well, let me ask you then, sorry, James, because you mentioned till January. Do you reckon once the January transfer window comes back round, the speculation starts up again, it will only be before Christmas it will start up again, straight away this will affect Zaha's performance? It's only because it's now that, you know, it's free out of his mind. Until that comes up again, uh, Nick, you'll, you'll, you'll be worried. I think so. I think it's been a bit of a chink in his armour. You know, it's happened two or three times before. You know, he, he might have learnt from it. Um, I think what helped was um, he did that podcast interview um, and loads of stuff he was take he said was taken out of context, uh, um, printed in the national newspapers, and actually that might have helped as well because you know they they spun it completely differently to what he said. Did uh, did he get rid of his um, uh, manager? His agent. I agent. have heard that the agent has changed. Yes. Yeah. So and and I agree. You know, he's now much more focused on his game. Um, Whereas he does seem to get affected by lots of speculation. Um, as it's tough for players to keep out that outside noise, though, isn't it, James? You know, some players are better at doing it. Do you think Zaha maybe has a tendency to let that affect him too much and, and have a say in these performances? Because now we see, you know, I don't want to say like players of 10, 15 years ago, but a lot of players now, they have entourages, don't they? There's the yeah. manager, there's the nutritionist. They're bigger teams than before. Well, I've, I've never been a professional football player, so I don't know exactly what it's like. But I know from my perspective, if you're at work and you're you're, you know, maybe offered an opportunity to work elsewhere or you see a couple of opportunities, but it does take your mind off what you're doing. Um, and, you know, uh, maybe you don't concentrate as much and where you're, you're spending more time looking elsewhere than sort of concentrating on what, what you're actually supposed to be doing and what you're paid to do. And, and I just think that that's probably a similar situation that he's in, that he's, you know, um, I, 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 so I had you down as the consummate professional, James. You really, <laughs> you really revealed something here. You, you let it slide when you're off. Mm. I'll be honest. I think for, we're both quite disappointed with that statement, yeah. aren't we, Nick? Very surprised in you, James Howard. Well, that, I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be one of those. Uh, what do they call them when they sort of go on loan around the country for a number of years? Journeyman. Yeah, I'd probably be one of those. Carls. <laughs> I'm definitely one of those. Nothing wrong with a journeyman. You're doing a job. You're providing a service, James. Go, go, going back to the game, um, there was a bit of consternation when the team lineup came out, mm. and we had two defensive midfielders, and we was we was all moaning about it on social media and in back of the nest chat groups. But actually, it was inspired, and Hodgson keeps defying our expectations of failure, doesn't he? Is um, yeah. so, especially the way Kuwati was playing because he—I haven't seen a heat map for where he was, but he was swapping positions with quite a few other players. He didn't have his best game; he lost the ball quite a lot. But it was good to see him show a lot of intent. Yeah, there was a lot of positivity around the whole team, really, and uh, you know, it wasn't just sort of sitting back. There was a lot of. Uh, uh, swapping different positions and I think this is what we've had to do um, the last few games we've got to explore and try different different ways to get to break open an, um, a defence and uh, we certainly had a few opportunities at the weekend and fortunately we did you know we did take a couple of chances um, but uh, it's definitely a positive I mean what what we really want to see is we don't want this sort of yo-yo where one week we're playing really well score a couple of goals and then next week we lose 4-0 so that's what I'll be looking for going forward Nick you just mentioned there you said the managers defied us you know we're expecting failure then he defies us why are the fans always expecting failure why can we just never let Roy go on this run and see what happens Why it's almost like not you want him to fail but because it's there you're expecting it in your mind it's all it's almost a very difficult challenge he faces i think a lot of it is because of the poor form at home last season it's what the majority of supporters have seen they've seen poor for performances and it kind of sticks so that you know when we do perform well at home it's it's not surprising but we're coming round. i think we're coming round indeed. It is uh, the home form has been good. It's seven out of nine. Very good of late. You are away this weekend. We'll be previewing that game. We've jo been joined in the studio by Dr. Kernas. Dr. Always a pleasure to see you. Let's talk about some of the incidents from the game. Then first one. It obviously was a penalty put away. 
technical specially. I mean, I don't expect anything less from the main man himself. But was it a penalty? Because as I was watching, Jeff Stelling in Sky uh, on in the Sky Studio said this was no way a penalty. He'll be surprised if it was given. It was given. Dr. What did you make of the penalty incident? I was on the other side of the um, stadium, but. For me, it was a clear penalty, even from there. Um, you can see that he clearly missed the ball and got James McArthur. And also, I think VAR done a check, as they always do, with decisions like that. And, yeah, I, I have no um, question. I had no questions about it. And even looking even at after, it after... Even after shit back, yeah? Yeah, I had no question. Yeah, I think it's a clear penalty. Same, do you agree, James? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I couldn't see exactly what happened at the time, but it, it, it appeared to me it was a penalty, but... I definitely, uh, watching it on the TV highlights later on, it, it, for me, it was a 100% penalty. Mm. Yeah, and you've got to look at them in real time to get mm. a, a true decision, I think. You really have. It is difficult, isn't it? You know, with VAR now, we're always going to go to it. And again, it is all subjective. You're going to see it go for you. We're going to see it go against. It's crazy that when it was in real time, well, maybe not uh, the Sky Studio boys were saying that they didn't think it was a penalty. So I was always, you could see it. it was a very tough one. It was given. VAR there, they look back and they've obviously deemed it was worthy enough. You won't care. Again, though, Crystal Palace, hard to break down. A clean sheet. We spoke of this. I know they had that blip with the Tottenham game. But scoring goals... Keeping a clean sheet, it's got to be that everything is trending on the up, isn't it, DR? Yeah, I think you have to give credit to Roy Hodgson. We've criticised him a lot, but I think the players that we've got in defence plus the manager is a great combination because we've actually got quality players there in terms of Gary Cahill, even Martin Kelly, um, Sacco. I know you didn't play, but we've got some solid back line. And Roy Hodgson has set them up very well. And one player, I've just mentioned him, Gary Cahill, he's just... I mean, we've only played how many games so far this season, but you could see that he's the alpha. I think even if Mamadou Sakho comes back, he's still the alpha to me because when he was playing alongside Mamadou Sakho, he was making all the calls and you could just see that he knows how to set up a backline. And I feel like he's contributed a bit to PVA as well in terms of helping him out. Well, just very quickly, on the West Ham show, we did preview the Palace game. We had uh, Alan Smith on, former Palace manager, and he said he's been so impressed with Cahill. He's made a real difference. He's been really pleased with his performance. Nick, is that the general consensus among fans? He's, he's just really been one of those underrated key buyers of the summer. There is so much man love. For him. <laughs> it is unbelievable. As there should be. So much man love. I was just going to ask DR. Mm. Now, we've, we've got Kelly, we've got Tomkins, we've got Sacco, and we've got Cahill. Mm. I think you were saying about Cahill kind of leading Sacco. I don't think Sacco likes that. I'm not. I think we're better off if we have either Cahill with uh, Tomkins or Kelly or Dan there. Or Sacco with Tomkins or Kelly or Dan. Now, I just don't think that Sacco and Cahill will gel. Well, let me ask about Tomkins. I want to see what you three feel. Because again, to refer, we spoke to Alan Smith and he said he's been really disappointed in Tomkins this season. And actually, the West Ham boys leapt to Palace defence. Not leapt to their defence, but they was they was quite surprised at hearing that. And he said, I've, I've been disappointed with what I've seen from Tomkins. You three go to games. Is that something that you feel or is that a little bit harsh? Has he even played? season that's a bit harsh because i was yeah. listening to that i don't think he's actually he's been injured most of the yeah, season he hasn't. so i'm not yeah. sure alan smith was up to speed on that one but yeah based on the last couple of seasons Tomkins has played particularly well um and uh yeah, he tends to play better with sacco had it not been for for injuries yeah. there's a chance he would have got player of the year I, last year i still won't drop martin kelly though even if mamadou sacco is fit because i feel like it will send the wrong message to the rest of the squad martin kelly had yeah. deserved that starting 11 spot and mamadou sacco he did have his chance i know it's unfortunate that he went out injured again but kelly comes in does a brilliant job again and i think think he should remain there until you know until sacco gets another chance but for now i won't drop him yeah. i would agree with that as well sorry i would agree with that because Kelly has played really well with Cahill. Um, he got Kelly got injured, and he's just got back into the team because um, we lost um, Sacco again because he got injured again. He's getting a bit injury prone these mm. days. Yeah. But I must admit, if it wasn't for Cahill, Gary Cahill getting man of the match, I would have given it to Martin Kelly because I think he's been absolutely fantastic at centre back, uh, especially this season. And I, I agree with Dr. I would I wouldn't even contemplate changing that back to for anyone else 
unless somebody gets injured because I think those two are, are really good together. I think there's some storylines that we uh, still need to speak about from the game. It's just bubbling up nicely and DR has just joined us in the studio. But I'm delighted to say joining us next, Palace legend John Solarco. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined by the Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz, James Howard, and Nick Gillard. And just very quickly, there are a lot of scores going on tonight because it is the Champions League, it is the Championship. Very quickly, Tottenham went 1-0 up, but Bayern Munich have pulled back. It is 1-1 in that Champions League game. Tottenham drew that first game, 2-2 with Olympiacos. So they need a result here, and they're at home, but Bayern Munich have pulled level. Juventus have taken the lead. Fulham have the only goal in the Championships games. They are beating Reading, but we don't care about the Champions League or the Championship because we're talking Crystal Palace and everything where the Eagles are concerned. And we want you to get involved. So call us 0208 70 20 558 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Let's keep talking a little bit about that game because there were a few storylines. It was bubbling away. I just want to say, though, this six-game unbeaten Premier League home run that Palace are on, it is their longest since 1993. Did you know that? And if you did, how do you feel about it, James? I didn't really think about it until somebody told me today. Um, I don't think we've been that convinced, convincing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I'm just pleasantly surprised that we are unbeaten for such a long time. Um, so, um, yeah, long may it continue. But obviously we're moving in the right direction, especially from last season. Yeah, the difference is the goals, though, isn't it? I mean, the, the Norwich striker, again, they said on the uh, the commentary that he scored twice as many goals as Palace. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully the goals will come. Um, talking of which, interested in the second half, Benteke wasn't brought on when a striker was taken off. I he was taken off, he brought Meyer on, and it was a masterstroke because it was Meyer who tucked the ball into the space where he knew Will would be hanging about. He didn't even have to look. And then Will did his magic before getting the ball across to our other super sub, Andros Townsend. So it's good that we've got such a strong bench. I mean, if you brought on Benteke after what happened last week, not even last week, <laughs> yeah. his form in general, and not even put Camaras in the squad, I think it would have been so harsh on like the other players. Not even Camaras, just the bench in, in total. I feel like Benteke, he's, I said it last week, um, I don't see him... Returning back to the form he had in Aston Villa, even he, um, he said he could get straight into the Liverpool front line. Didn't I feel he, or like something? I, was that true? I feel like that he was misquoted there. I'm I, not too sure I if hope he's so. yeah. Well, if he did say that, then he, I think he needs to get checked up one way or another. But um, I, I just with with that substitution, I'll be honest. When when it did happen in the 90th, I think it was basically the 90th minute. I was a bit looking at Roy saying, what's going on here? Because you don't, you rather put a defensive player than an attacking player. But credit to Roy, it worked out well. Um, we didn't concede a last-minute goal, so yeah. Just very quickly, because it is ridiculously early in the season. It is only seven games played. But you look at it, 11 points from seven, one point off fourth. You know, Arsenal in the top four. There's four or five teams who are on 11 points. Tottenham, Chelsea. And it feels a little bit strange, because looking at that, I know... It's just the league table. You'd go, that's very pleasing for Palace. You know, mm. that longest unbeaten home run since 1993. I think it's the most clean sheets at home in the Premier League. And it was only a few weeks ago we was worried about the performances, where the goals would come from. Is Roy the man to take him to the next leg? Hashtag Roy out. And now we're looking at this 
was we being a little bit too harsh or is it turned round? Because if you would have said seven point uh, seven games, 11 points, would you have taken that to start with, DR? Yeah, I would have. But if you're looking at the performances still, it's not like we're playing great football. But me personally, I know other other fans have st- are still getting on to Roy. But me personally, all I care about is results. I don't care if we have one shot on target. If we get the three points, then that's all that matters. And... Last season, we we had lots of games at home where we would take lots and lots of shots and not score. It, there's no there's no fun of doing that. I'd rather take three shots and one of them go in rather than take 15 shots and none of them go in. So, yeah, I'm happy with the results at home so far this season. And I think performances still could improve there. Well, before I get James and Nick to reply, I'm delighted to say joining us on the line now, John Solarco. John, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time this evening. It was a brilliant uh, victory on the weekend. And Palace... They're doing well. Seven games, 11 points, one off the top four, John. How pleased should they be? Oh, absolutely delighted. It's, uh, you know, it's been a fantastic start. It's always good to get off um, up and running. You know, haven't scored the goals and the performances haven't quite been there. But, you know, the results have gone our way. So, you know, absolutely delighted. Threw away uh, two points against Wolves, arguably. Uh, should have won, but the Norwich one was massively important. That uh, was re- a real key uh, three points. Hi, John. What have you made of um, Wilfred Zaha in the last two games? It seems like he's he's turned the corner a bit and he's getting on with football and others are recognising it too. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, do you know what? It's well documented. You know, Wilfred's been there a long time. He, mm. You know, he's been fantastic and, you know, he's made up his mind. But, um, you know, he's looked at it and thought it's a good time for him to, to go. He had a fantastic season and he thought, you know, the offers would come in. Uh, Palace sort of stated quite early on, yeah, if the rifle comes in, you can go. Uh, he tried to push it. Um, I know his agents and his brothers really tried to, to, to get him off to Arsenal. Uh, Chelsea probably would have would have suited. I didn't think he was ever going to go up north to Everton. But, you know, the right offer didn't come along and, and he would have, um, you know, for want of a better word, he would, he would have been sulking a little bit and he would have been a little bit, you know, his pride would have been hurt and it felt bad, but look, they kept saying to him, look, get your head down, just do it properly. He's a great lad. Um, he really is a, a really nice guy, and you know he's got no side to him, um, Wilfred. And uh, you know he just wants to play his football, and and uh, he's finally just beginning to to clear his head, and just realise now, and the people around him would just be saying, look, just play your football, just show your talent, enjoy playing. Um, and if that move comes in January or next season then, you know, those people will be looking at your attitude. They'll be looking at you, how you deal with this this, this period. Um, and it's important because he's still got a lot left in him. And certainly, there's another year at Palace. That's, uh, that, that's no bad thing. Hi, John. Nick here. Um, Roy's had a bit of a selection headache. We were talking earlier about how strong his bench is. Um, Andros mm-hmm. came, came off the bench and scored. Do you think that should give him a starting place next game? Yeah, do you know what? Andros is a great lad and um, I know they're looking for a bit more solidity, really. Um, it's usually Andros Wilfred, but, you know, Schlupp has come in and, and, and done really well and earned his place. And, you know, what you want to see from, from players like that is when they do get their opportunity to take it like Andros did. And, you know, sometimes they do need to come out and have a look at it. It's frustrating. Uh, but what you've got to do is go to training, have the right attitude and say, right, OK, when I get on and when I get a chance to play, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to do my bit and I'm going to show uh, what I've made of and, uh, and and that shirt for the next game. And that's what you want as a manager is that competition. And that, that really does go so far if you've got competition for places and people are looking over their shoulders and know they have to play well to stay in the side. So, you know, that's a major plus for Roy. Hello, John. It's uh, James here. Um, I was just uh, wondering if you think that Roy's now lost all patience in Benteke because we were all commenting it's the first time he hasn't come on the pitch uh, from the bench and in fact myself and I think DR last week were saying that you know we would rather bring on the likes of Maya, Maya, Townsend or even Camarasa because you probably get more out of them than you will Benteke but I finally we got what we wanted and he was he, he kept the bench warm and someone else came on and we got the second goal <laughs> Hey listen you know I don't you know I feel bad you know keep keep hammering um, Christian he's just had an absolute shocker um, it's just not worked for him I don't know you know he, he might have tried and I don't know whether you know he's carried injuries and stuff but when he comes on he, it just it just looks so bad it looks so disjointed 
Um, he's had chances. I mean, he nearly missed that pen when they, you know, when they gifted him the, the penalty at the last season. <laughs> it made me laugh, and it, it's embarrassing. Um, you know, and the amount of money he's getting paid, and, and the amount of money he costs, you know, for the for the return we've got is is pretty poor. And you're absolutely right. And I do hope Roy has lost all patience. I mean, I heard some reports that he was going to sign a new contract, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You have actually got, you know, if you're offering 20 grand a week, you ain't worth it. Isn't, isn't that though? 120 grand a week. It's like, are you taking the absolute mick? Apparently, you he know, can this... walk into any Liverpool side as well. He can. <laughs> That's what we've seen, <laughs> in the, we've been reading about in the papers. I, I think the contract. Well, yeah, I think the contract okay. is to um, time, isn't it? Just because otherwise he can just walk away on a free. But you know, some people are saying, well, we should just cut our losses. Well, do you know what? I absolutely, completely just think no one's going to take him. No one's going to take him. But no one's going to come and pay any money for him. You know, the only thing you've got to do is say, look, we've had, you know, he's been here for five years. He's, you know, he's, he's taken his money. Just, you can't throw good money after bad. Um, sign him again. Because w- when you have a situation like that, when someone's so out of sorts and so out of confidence, um, it, it, it affects the rest of the squad. There's no real belief and, and confidence and, and, and it just really hurts whatever you're trying to do. And, and to be fair, Roy's persevered and tried because we spent so much money on him. But you can't let that cloud of judgment. You know, you've just got to basically say, the lad's had an absolute shocker and, you know, run his contract down and, and, and move him on and say, you know, good luck for the future. And a, and a fresh start might help him. But, you know, he's certainly not, not doing us any favours. So... <laughs> You say, I like Camarasa, I think he's a good player, you know, Max Mayer. Um, you know, this, you know, it'll give Jordan, you know, I don't know what uh, Connor Wickham's doing or how he's getting on, but, you know, again, he's another one that's just on his day. He's a talent he could produce, but just struggled with injuries. And, you know, do you sign him again on another 70, 80 grand a week contract or what can you have? There must, you know, there's so many quality players out there who are hungry and desperate to play. Um, who can come and do a job for that value and, and really add add to the squad. John, we were just quickly talking about the manager just before you joined us. And, you know, at the start of the season, it was a little bit like, have we peaked under Roy? Can he take us to the next level? You know, on social media, it can spread like wildfire. Hashtag Roy out. There were some disappointing performances. Where were the goals going to come from? Now, though, we talk about the home form. It's the best uh, home form since 1993. The most home clean sheets. The goals are coming. The clean sheets are still there. Palace are only one point outside of the top four. Was that Was we all a little bit too too quick to judge what what are your feelings on Roy and the ma- uh, the manager and how do they take that next step um i mean Roy's done an incredible job without any shadow of a doubt he's been magnificent he's breath of fresh air um and and it really what he's just he's, he's got a pragmatic disciplined organized well drilled side and he, he's getting the best out of them and he, you know you get you know the lads they play to a style that that suits uh, the players you know they're hard to be it's, it's not great to watch at times and you know that's you know the fans often you know want to, to see better football especially at home but you know you can't open up in, in this division and staying in the Premier League I think is just the most that the Palace can wish for at the moment um, to go forward we need to spend money uh, we need to bring players through unfortunately you've got to sell like you're going to end up selling your Bissakas but you can't you know that that is where Palace wants to be is, is producing a Nathaniel Klein, a Bissark, or a Moses, a Zahar, you know, and, and selling one of those every other year and, and bringing in a hundred million, and then you know bringing in a few more, and then adding a bit of quality as you go along. Um, and and I, I don't, I, don't, I really don't know how we progress to the next level um, or do any more than what Roy's doing without a massive, you know, investment in in the size. Um, so, you know, I, I'd say you know. Roy's doing a tremendous job until we pinpoint or, you know, identify someone that, you know, we think can take uh, Palace a little bit further and give it, you know, fresh impetus. At some stage it will happen. You know, Roy's no spring chicken. I mean, he's the oldest manager um, in football, uh, as far as I know. I think he's sort of 73, isn't he, Roy? Uh, But he's still got a lot of life in him. He seems to have a lot of spirit. And as long as he wants to do it, for me, the next couple of years, I think we should stick with him. Uh, well John it's a pleasure for you to join us tonight we really appreciate you giving us a little bit of your time just very very quickly what is your West Ham prediction for the weekend 
I'd gone for a draw. I think it's going to be a cheeky little one-one-two-two, um, which <sighs> I'll, I'll take all day long because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're playing well, West Ham, and they're they're a they're a fantastic side, especially at, at the London uh, Stadium. So I definitely would would take a. A draw there. Take a point. 1-1 one, one it is. John, a real pleasure to speak to you, though. Hopefully we'll speak to you at a later date in the season. John Solarco there, Palace legend. Really good to hear from him what he had to say about the manager. Well, next we'll be talking to James and Nick because I want to give them a chance to reply to that question I put to DR about the manager. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined by the Back of the Nest podcast. Nick Gillard, James Howard and DR Kernaz. Delighted to hear from John Salako there. He's thoughts what's happening where with the Eagles where they are concerned and the game on the weekend which is West Ham before we take a look at that game and we get the opposition preview let's carry on that chat about the manager because I did ask DR the question of you know at the start of the season you know has Roy taken us to a level you know this is it we've peaked we can't go much further where are the goals coming from disappointing performances now the Eagles find themselves one point outside the top four yes it is only uh, uh, seven games in but the teams are up there Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, Palace are right there their best home form since 1993 the most home uh, clean sheets currently in the Premier League things are looking rosy James have you changed the stance at the manager were we a bit harsh at the beginning uh, I think we were sort of a bit you know unsure of ourselves at the beginning we didn't get the striker in that we wanted and we renewed a couple of contracts and I'm including IU in that one um, and we were sort of thinking oh you know if, if we based on how well the strikers did last season, it doesn't look particularly positive this season. But let me tell you, you know, the difference is, yeah, Roy's got something out of IU. He's a completely different player this season. He's already scored a couple of goals, looks really confident. Um, I can expect him to get more goals going forward. Um, Zaha's uh, been gradually getting back to fitness. He's he's really played well at the weekend. He's he's completely 100% fit now. As, as we said earlier, he's focused on the game. He's not focused on looking for um, playing for somebody else. Well, not at the moment anyway. And I think the key here is Benteke. I think he's finally, Roy's finally realised that Benteke just isn't cutting it. Um, and he's bringing on, instead of Benteke, he's bringing on the likes of Townsend, Camarasa and Max Meyer. And they will contribute more than Benteke. And hopefully they will chip in with a few goals. So I'm really positive about it. You've, you've got to bring in players like Meyer as well because it's his second season. If we don't play him enough, he's going to want to go go elsewhere to 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 get some game time. Um, we were talking about youth players in the in the break. The thing with Roy, um, how they're not maybe getting their chances. Um, how much? How we with Arsenal? They have youth players coming through. We used to be well known for it. I mean, John Salako alluded to Nathaniel Klein and. And Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but Aaron Wan-Bissaka, it wasn't, it was necessity. We didn't have a player for that position. So you do wonder, do we have any more starlets in the youth setup? Because Roy does, doesn't seem very keen on playing them. Well, Dio, you feel really strongly about this. Is the door almost closed to the first team? And if it is, why? I think, look, with youth players, I've said it before, I wouldn't play them just for the sake of playing them. If they deserve their chances, then yes. But, if you're looking at our departures this this summer, um, who went out on loan from the under-23s? Like, who did? Nia Kirby shouldn't be at the club like for the under-23s. He should be out on loan, getting more experience. But the fact that we haven't... No one's really talked about this. Like, we've got so many players in under-23s, and it's like a domino effect. Under-23 players, if they're not going out on loan, then the under-18s can't get promoted. Then under six, it just... I feel like yeah. yeah, it's going. It's one area that we need to really focus on, especially in January and next summer, because it seems like we try to focus on getting first team players, and we just completely forgot about the youth. And they may not be good enough for our first team, but they should still not be at the club. They should be out on loan getting experience. Yeah, and going back to pre Premier League days, wasn't it a joy watching players like Scannell come through? Watching Klein come through, they, you know, with the tagline was South London proud or born in South London, and you know the billboards around the ground had local homegrown players that were cutting their teeth. 
I was surprised though when Sean Scannell scored against me in FIFA last night. That, yeah. that, that did bring, bring a smile to my face. It, it, just to reply to that, it's a lot easier to bring through youth players when you're in the championship mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, I think it's it, it's not just Crystal Palace. It's, it's all the Premier League teams. You very rarely see a youth team player come through um, and make it into the first team, you know, that, that quickly. Um, I mean, look at Chelsea, amount of youth team, the amount of players that they've loaned out. Um, and still continue yeah, to. They're, they're getting praised what? for youth this year. Let's not forget that is through necessity. Uh, um, that is through choice, not by, uh, you know, them going out and going, oh, this is the way we want to play. You know, they're on a transfer ban. They have to play these kids. They're, they've, you know, they're in a position to do that this year. They are, but arguably Tammy Abraham should have been in that team before. And even this season, Tammy Abraham, they, they really did. The pundits were saying, oh, he's not really good enough. But I've saw him play. I saw him play at Bristol City a couple of times and I thought he'd quality. I'd love Crystal Palace to bought him. But this is the point that Nick's making because you're saying, oh, he should have been in that team. Yet he wasn't. Now they are playing him. And Nick, you know, you've asked the question, how many more starlets do Palace have? Because they're not getting this chance. You know, Chelsea finally gave that chance to Tammy. But I know it's a million dollar question. Would Abraham be starting for Chelsea now if they wasn't on a transfer ban? It's a very good question. Would Rooney and Michael Owen... Wonder kids at their time. Would they have got into the starting lineup in today's game where they'd have had his, the big clubs to buy and establish superstars rather than getting them through? You know, mm. we could be losing out on on potential brilliance. We well, we say that, but like you'd have, it, you'd it, think the big they'd cl- have no, to see him. But there's also the big clubs like United is playing Greenwood. Um, we talked about Chelsea, how they got youth side. It's not like the big clubs are just going and buying and spending on millions and millions on players. Youth are still getting a chance, but clubs like Palace should be doing that instead of clubs like United. You would you would expect United to spend millions, but Palace aren't giving no chances, and they're also stopping the development of the players by not sending them out on loan. Is that because the risk is so great? Because if you play the kids and you don't get the results, everyone's like, "Why are they playing the kids? We need we're in the Premiership. We need to be buying experienced players, international players, veterans who are going to make us survive in this league and take the next step." Yeah, because. As soon as it goes wrong, you know, not you, like all all fans, we're mm. the first to turn on and go, why are we playing the kids? It's not a cup game. Yeah, no, I was just about to say exactly what you're saying and, and give you an answer to that. Well, basically, if you're a team like Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City, you can afford to carry a kid in the team because you've got quality internationals around him that kind of can support that player. We can't afford to have a player not have a good game in any particular position in our team because if we do we will possibly get beaten and I think that's the the worry we've got There was also the thing a few years back about people being concerned about clubs buying and transferring players at a younger and younger age um, does that still go on? And because it seems you know alright you've got this Greenwood coming through, was he originally at Man United or did they just poach him when he was younger? I'm not too sure about Greenwood um, I think he was at United I think, I think yeah. he was, yeah. Uh, he's so but, young, 70, I believe he would but, be, but I'll check. But, like, yes, I understand, like, I understand the point that, oh, we haven't got really the chance to give the youth opportunity at the club. But if we don't, then the backroom staff need to make sure that they still go out and develop, like, and send them out on loan. I feel like it's, it's actually very, very, very poor, the fact that we haven't sent no one. The players that we've sent out on loan, I'll read it out to you right now. We've sent out Yak, um, we sent out... So uh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Innes, which I I would class class him as a youth player. I feel like his Palace career is already, already done. Uh, Serloff, as you Brewer. said, uh, that's it. That's it. Where were the actual under twenty three players? None. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And just quickly, Greenwood's been at United since he was six. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe the wrong point, but there are others. <laughs> no, I understand the point you're making. From abroad, no. all, the, yeah. all the issue about you know agents going out to Africa and and getting players. At a young age, and you know how are they developed? What's what's happening with them? But you know you could do a whole two-hour documentary on it, couldn't you? Well, the Premier League does seem to be turning more youthful this year. United, you know, Chelsea, obviously Arsenal. That the league is is getting younger all the time. When will Palace play a part in that? You know, call us, tweet us at Love Sport Radio, or call us on 0208 70 20 558 and have your say on what we're talking about. Next, though, it is the preview of the West Ham game, the London clash on the weekend, and we'll be talking to Baz, who is a West Ham fan. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with the back of the nest 
podcast. Nick Gillard, James Howard and DR Kern as we've been talking everything about the Palace victory on the weekend against Norwich and all the storylines from that game in the fallout. How well are Crystal Palace doing? Because there is a certain tide in their favour this Premier League season, even if it is early days. Well, it is West Ham on the weekend. A tricky clash because West Ham unbeaten since that opening day defeat to Man City and they are flying high in the Premier League themselves. It is an all-London Premier League clash. Both will fancy their chances in this one. Well, before we get the view of the boys in the studio, we want yours. You can tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. But we have to get the opposition preview and this week it is coming from Baz Cox who is a West Ham fan. Baz, really delighted you've joined us. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your time. A massive game on the weekend. What are your thoughts ahead of this one? No problem at all, firstly, on the um, giving you a bit of time, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, my thoughts, it's a, it's a good game for us and a very winnable game. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried with losing Fabianski, if I'm honest. That's a Massive, massive miss for us. Um, no disrespect to the other keeper, but when you've got Fabianski behind the defence, you've got confidence. And from what we've seen of Roberto, it, it don't give you that confidence as a fan. But listen, we can't write him off, you know, and no one will boo him, that's for sure. But we've just oh, got to we can... Uh... Boo him from the start. Get on his back straight away. Go on, no, you, you know you want to. I've, I've got it. I've got Fabianski in my um, fantasy team, or I had him in my fantasy team because he was doing really, really well. Do you think it makes that much difference having a different keeper in? If, if massive, I, I just think it's a huge confidence thing as well. You know, even as a fan, and when you see teams go through one on one now, and he's there, you sort of have that bit of belief that he can still stop it. You know, and before, like now, with. Adrian before and if someone went through one on one you just put your head in your hands the one down or whatever it is you know but with him you just always think you've got that chance he was absolutely superb for us last season and he's been really good this season too he's been probably the best buy of the last couple of years in my opinion for consistency as well you you settled down quite a bit now haven't you West Ham you, uh, Pellegrini seems to have um, got you going quite well what's, what's the difference there is it just continuity do you think yeah, they've had they've had a year, haven't they, with each other, you know, and um, he's managed to put in his philosophy and now he wants West Ham to be playing. And you can see that they've all got an understanding of each other now. Instead of introducing lots of different personnel, you know, we've only really added Haller this summer. You know, four hours has been a bit of a bit part player, but it's not been a case of having to change the whole team and getting the whole team to play to what he wants. It's just that one man, and that's obviously a bit easier. I've got to be honest, and this isn't me saying he's a bad manager, because obviously he's not. But I still, at times, think to myself, he forgets he's managing West Ham. We've got a great squad. We have got a great squad. And what's there, if it was fit every week, we should be in the top eight quite comfortably, I would have thought. But when the going gets tough and you've got to roll your sleeves up and you've got to have a battle, I wonder if he's the right man for that for us. So, so would you be saying, and if you were, were going to give Roy some info, inside information, are you saying that West Ham heads will go down if you go that 1-0 down, 2-0 down? No, not at all. I'm not saying that. I, I just think if a side gets in our face and presses us hard and don't give us time, you know, a bit like the Brighton when we drew with them away, they don't give you no time on the ball. And, and that's how we play. You know, We want to play football. If you do that and you frustrate us, uh, that's the way for me personally, if I was an opposition manager, to stop West Ham. Do you think be you're right in their face? Because apart from Mark Noble and Declan Rice, you look through that side and there's no one who you think they're going to go and get the game by the scruff of the neck and get involved. Uh, I was going to say, do you think that your good form this season is down to the team playing really well as a team, or do you think it's down to uh, particular individuals playing well? I think it's a, a, a big team thing, but I, I don't think it's any coincidence that West Ham is still unbeaten since Mark Noble's been back in the side this year. You know, he missed the first game against Man City. He's been back ever since, and we haven't we haven't lost. We've been unbeaten. Um, I don't think, as I say, that's a coincidence. I think he gets the best out of most on the pitch for his leadership. I think he lets Declan Rice play his game to his best. Because I just don't think there's anybody else there who does the Mark Noble job, you know. And, and that's a fear of mine. The, the day he hangs his boots up, looking through that side, apart from Declan Rice, who, if we're all honest, 
he ain't going to be there for long. He's too good and he, he will move on unless West Ham match his ambition and get right up there. But there's no one who can get in that team and lead it. Not from not from what I see, if I'm honest with you. If you had to pick one player that Pilots need to stop on uh, Saturday, who would it be? Felipe Anderson. Felipe Anderson. Yeah. He's had a good start to the season. I remember he's scoring, uh, I was at, I think, West Ham away last season and we gave him too much time on the ball and he scored that wonder goal. But if he, don't, if he plays, we're a dangerous like Palace, you know, and, and I, I don't think Wilfred Zahar is as good as many Palace fans say. But on his day, he, he can be quality and, and that's the same with Anderson. If he's given that time and allowed to play his game, he can be pretty much unplayable, like Zahar can be. But, if you stop him, well, we've got a few players that play. You know, Yarmolenko's had a great start to the season. A superb start. He's been really good. Lanzini, if Lanzini turns up. But for me, I think the most, because of his pace as well, Anderson, because he's so direct and, and he's good at putting balls over the top and getting back on with the player he's linking up with and, and things like that. Whereas the others are a little bit slower and don't cause as much threat as him. Baz, can I ask you why you thought uh, Wilfred Zahar was slightly overrated or he's not as good as maybe people uh, from the Palace perspective make out he is? I, I just don't think he does it enough. Um, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying he's a bad player. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's like West Ham with Mark Noble. You know, West Ham fans, the majority would tell you he's brilliant. And everyone will lick you back with, well, he's never won an England cap, which, you know, there's an argument for that. Um, I, I just think... I think well, he's Welsh. Good, but... Huh? He's Welsh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Carry on. I think I think um, I think Zahar's good, but I just don't think he's good enough enough times. If that makes sense, if it suits him, he's interested. And uh, you know, if he had been at Palace from someone else for two or three years that they bought him from, you know, I don't think they'd be raving about him as much. And, and the same with West Ham. You know, if Mark Noble had signed for us from Fulham three years ago or four years ago, you know, we wouldn't be. It's the fact. <laughs> He's one of ours, and we've seen him as a kid, and and that's that's my same opinion with Wilfred Zahar. Yeah, no, that's that's fair, Baz. Baz, I have to put you on the spot. It is a big game on the weekend. You know, uh, West Ham unbeaten since that opening day defeat to City. They're on a great run. So are Palace. It is a big game on the weekend. What is your score prediction? Being at home, I think we'll win three one or three two. Same as last year. Three one or three two, I think. Going for the score win there. Not not too many happy faces in the studio, but uh, Baz, we really appreciate you giving us a little bit of time. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Baz Cox there, the West Ham fan. He's going for a score win. Before I get your predictions and your thoughts ahead of the game, it was the West Ham fan show on Love Sport just before you. They also went uh, for a 1-0 win for West Ham and also a 3-1 win for West Ham. They told us on the way out that they that we were going to beat them. Did they? they said, yeah, you're going to turn us over the weekend. I got a uh, feeling in the water. No, oh. they're, they're, they're pulling your leg because they did go for uh, a West Ham win, and we did have a Palace. Uh, obviously, Alan Smith, former Palace manager, he picked West Ham to win. At the minute, it's all going in West Ham's favour, but I've got a feeling that might change. I'm going to start with you, Dr. Firstly, what are your thoughts for the fixture and your score prediction? Look, it's going to be a hard game, of course. Last season. Um, I was there and in the second half we collapsed so we need to make sure that we continue and uh, maintain our performance for the whole nine minutes but I think going into the game after the Norwich one um, I'm more confident after what I saw from Wilfred Zaha I feel like he's back at it and he's he's at his best again after the Wolves and the Norwich performance so I'm more confident I think if Wilf plays good and if Cahill should be fine and Kelly should be fine I feel like we could get a result there on our day I feel it could be a 2-1 I could see it being 2-1 Palace or 1-1 one, one. it's one of well, those you're going to have to choose one right. deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't see us losing so you're going for 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one, Palace that's what I want to hear James yeah. you are up next what yeah. is your score prediction and thoughts well, the thoughts are that the last time we were away we got tonked by Spurs so I don't think I think Roy Hodgson's going to emphasise the fact that we played pretty badly yeah. that game. So I don't see West Ham scoring a lot of goals. I think what with Gary Cahill playing particularly well now, Martin Kelly playing really well with him too, I think we can we can keep the goals down. Uh, I think we will uh, do well. Um, I'm going to say the same as DR. I reckon we could get a cheeky 2-1 away. 2-1 and 2-1. Nick, will you make it the hat-trick? What is your score prediction? Well, I've... 
just say in advance, I've been sceptical of Luka Milivojevic's performances this season. It's only the fact that he's banging the penalties in. Now, he's suspended. So I'd like to see, A, Gary Cahill get the armband. B, I think he's earned it already in the few mm. games he's been there. I think he's got the respect and I think he's got the football now. Um, Maya are in for um, Milivojevic and we might see a slight change in the way we play. Um, we'll be tight at the back. I think we'll sneak it 1-0 with a goal from Schlupp. 1-0. So, of course, it was a hat-trick of Palace wins. West Ham, they believe they're going to win. Crystal Palace, they believe they're going to win. They wouldn't have it any other way. Come on, the Eagles. Either way, we will know next week on the West Ham fan show and the Crystal Palace fan show. But the one that matters is the one we're talking about. It is the Eagles. They're going for that win on the weekend to improve their away form, to match that fantastic home form. This is the Crystal Palace fan show. Up next is QPR. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.